And welcome, everybody, into another edition of the Retirement Lifestyles Advocates Radio Show. We are with longtime host of RLA Radio and frequent keynote speaker on many financial topics and host for many years, Dennis Tubergen. And uh, I'm Jeremy Bolker. And uh, uh, Dennis, hey, it's another uh, another week's. I know uh, we've got some interesting news, you know, continue uh, interesting things going on around the world. And I'm really excited to talk about some of these uh, real estate forecasts and in, in that, too. But, you know, it is interesting how things can culminate in the political landscape, too, as we just saw this week. And what's probably going to set up to be a pretty a uh, wild year, the next uh, 12, uh, 12 to 13 months before the, the next election cycle. But we saw, uh, you know, the speaker, uh, Kevin McCarthy, being uh, ousted. And, and so now I don't know. I don't know how much does that, that have an effect on some immediate uh, economic conditions and what you're seeing from, from forecasting. Does it have anything right now? Jeremy, I don't think it has any effect on uh, the economy, where it's going. Uh, I think it may influence policy a little bit but but the reality is i think as far as the economy is concerned i believe that we have uh, kind of our course is set i think i think where we're going for here is from here is going to be very difficult to avoid um i do have the new october 2023 special report uh it's titled it's the debt stupid how unsustainable debt levels may affect your retirement dreams and strategies to consider now and I'm happy to send that free report uh, that contains some strategies as well out to any of our listeners that would like to have it. It is free and it was out. It is without obligation. All you have to do is go to requestyourreport.com and I'll be glad to send you that report. And, and uh, the title of the report, Jeremy, kind of gives away uh, where I believe things are going. Uh, we have debt levels uh, at the federal government level and in the private sector that are simply unsustainable. Uh, they're, they're three times where they were at the time of the financial crisis. We've already seen some trouble earlier this year in the banking sector. I think we're going to see uh, more of that coming. And, uh, you know, I believe with the tightening policy of the Fed here, and uh, I believe with these uh, very, very high debt levels that we're going to have to see um, a very deep recession. And I think that will affect uh, a lot of the assets that people tend to invest in traditionally as they're accumulating assets for retirement. Well, one of those that are probably our biggest asset, maybe not our, our biggest now after many years of accumulation things, but one of our biggest assets is our home. And, uh, and that's what, you know, the, the, you may not know report, uh, you know, some information that's really fascinating information, the October uh, issue coming out here, uh, Dennis, and I'd like to jump into that because so while we do have, uh, you know, local, regional and, uh, you know, even some national global global listeners here to the Retirement Lifestyle Advocates radio show, uh, if you're here just in the West Michigan area, you're thinking, nah, this this doesn't make make much sense when you hear the reports of real estate being down because we know how hot of a real estate market this is. But in some ways, when you say the real estate market's down, it might be the total sales is down, even though the prices are way up on homes, not enough people qualify in those certain areas. So if we could, let's talk about that. One, these numbers, because you have a fantastic layout and you could do these comparisons uh, to home sales back into the mid-70s. And what 
you know, what that means. So if you could, I'd like you to share some of that data with us, number one. And then, uh, as I know you will, you know, how is that going to impact? How is that going to impact more things to us? Well, Jeremy, anybody that would uh, that request the October report again, that's titled It's the Debt Stupid, How Unsustainable Debt Levels May Affect Your Retirement Dreams and Strategies to Consider Now. Uh, when you go to requestyourreport.com and get that report, uh, we'll include a copy of the October You May Not Know report. The You May Not Know report is a written report that we send out uh, to clients and subscribers every month. And it's just our take of where things stand in the economy and various investing markets. So to answer your question, uh, we have seen prices hold up relatively well. We did see a bit of a pullback, uh, but to, to start with prices, the median home sales price in August nationally was about $407,000. Now we do have fairly light inventories, and this is, I believe, largely because the Fed has created an environment with a lot of homeowners out there that have mortgages at two and a half to three and a half percent, and they're they're locked in. Uh, they are not going to put their house on the market because they're looking at a much bigger, fatter mortgage payment when the mortgage interest rate is at eight percent. So one of the reasons that we're seeing sales prices hold up, even though transactions are down and down significantly is that we've got relatively low inventories. And, and to go back to that whole mortgage payment, uh, if you take that $407,000 median home sale price in August, if you buy a $407,000 home and put 20% down, you're financing about $326,000. Now, if you did that when 30-year mortgage pay rates were at 2.75%, you could have a monthly payment of about $1,300, $1,312 to be exact. Your payment and your interest rate would be locked in for 30 years, and you're paying off a $326,000 mortgage. So a $1,300 a month mortgage payment is the equivalent, really, of rent in a very mediocre apartment. So that created a lot of demand, not only for home purchases, but also for refinances. Well, now if you take that same home sale price of $407,000 and you take the same mortgage of $326,000, your payment is now $2,222 a month. So your payment is up, is higher by $910 a month. Principal's the same. You're paying an extra $910 a month in interest costs. So if you think about the impact that is having on first-time home buyers, uh, buyers that maybe want to move out of a starter home and go to their, their next home or their forever home, it's keeping a lot of them on the sidelines because they can't afford the mortgage payment or they can't qualify for the mortgage payment. So if you take a look at existing home sales, prices are holding up, but existing home sales now have fallen 17 out of the last 19 months. And we're starting to see inventories increase. According to the National Association of Realtors, the supply of homes available for sale is now up for four straight months. So inventories are building. I expect that we will see prices now follow transactions, and I think prices will fall as transactions have. And just to give you an idea, Jeremy, and I know this is a long-winded answer, but to give you an idea, 
home sales are down during the month of August, 15.3% fewer transactions in August of 2023 when compared to August of 2022. And on a year-over-year basis, as I just mentioned, existing home sales have fallen 17 out of the last 19 months. So uh, the data is starting to show that this is weakening. Um, If you're thinking about selling your home, uh, now is probably a good time to think about it if you can still sell it. Sales of existing existing homes, according to the National Association of Realtors, in the last two and a half years, sales of existing homes are down 35.8%. So we're back to levels not seen since the mid-1970s, which ironically is the last time we had big inflation in the economy. You know, Dennis, another thing too, this is just, you're just talking about mortgage payments on some of these numbers. I mean, what unfortunately happens is, is, you know, it's like any insurance product, the more something is costs, that cost of replacement goes up. Therefore, the insurance on insuring that home and all the other different things that come along with it. If let's say you have to do the the PMI insurance, that's are gonna be those are gonna be going up as well. So that 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 payment is just on the premium, let alone the percentage increases uh that that are going to be there. And those really massively add up very quickly. They do. And and Jeremy, in the fourth segment of today's program, uh, we can talk a bit because we're starting to see prices now falling. We're starting to see prices follow transactions downward. I expect that's going to continue. But in the time we have left in this segment, if someone is just tuning in or perhaps missed the website, the October 2023 special report is now available. The report is titled, It's the Economy, Stupid, How Unsustainable Debt Levels May Affect Your Retirement Dreams and Strategies to Consider Now. And when you request the report at requestyourreport.com, we'll be glad to get you out also a copy of the October You May Not Know report, which is our client-only and subscriber newsletter, but we'll include that along with the report. Again, the website is requestyourreport.com. Just let us know where to mail it. And we'll do so at no cost and no future obligations. So with that, Jeremy, I think we've got to close this segment, but we'll be back with special guest, Mr. Michael Pinto, after these words. Welcome back to RLA Radio. I'm your host, Dennis Tubergen. Joining me once again on today's program is returning guest, Mr. Michael Pinto. Michael is the founder and president of Pinto Portfolio Strategies. I would encourage you to learn more about his work at pentoport.com. He is also the host of the popular podcast titled The Midweek Reality Check, and uh, you can learn more about the podcast at pentoport.com as well. Michael, welcome back to the program. Pleasure to be on with you, Dennis. Got a lot to talk about. A lot going on, isn't there? So let's let's start by talking about uh, just the general health of the U.S. economy in your view. Are we in a recession? Or, or lack thereof. Well, we were in a earnings recession. We had three quarters in a row where earnings declined. We were in a recession earlier this year. The Fed bailed out the recession. They held it in abeyance um, with its bank term funding program, printing $400 billion in two weeks. So they monetized all that bank debt that was bad. Um, But that's only a loan for a year. It's a loan that has to be returned at par. And these assets have to go back to the bank, supposedly at, you know, whatever they are, 50 cents on the dollar. In the uh, in the case of commercial mortgage-backed securities, maybe even less. So um, we haven't bailed out the banking system at all. Uh, we haven't uh, canceled the recession. The recession is coming. It's uh, been delayed because of Fed action, but it has not been abrogated. 
So, Michael, when you bring up banking, uh, I read a, uh, an article that was published at, by Reuters that worldwide debt is now $305 trillion, which is more than triple than it was at the time of the financial crisis. And arguably, you know, the banking failures at that time, uh, you know, were, were largely due to, to a lot of bad debt. Um, mm. Is it going to be a lot worse this time around? Well, we have a triumvirate of asset bubbles, uh, Dennis. So um, never before in the history of the United States have we had bubbles in real estate, in the bond market, and in the stock market all at once. I mean, you know, like look at the NASDAQ in the year 2000. That was the bubble. The bubble was in high-tech internet stocks. That was it. There wasn't really a bubble in housing at all, and there wasn't really a bubble in the bond market at that point. Um, 2008 was a bubble in the housing market. You know, um, equities were elevated, but there wasn't really a bubble in the bond market. A small bubble, but nothing compared to what we had today. You know, leading up today, we had globally $17 trillion of negative yielding debt. Now, the cost of money or a yield on a bond, interest rates, are the most important signal in a market economy or in any economy. That is the cost of money is paramount when it comes to deciding the savings and investment dynamic, the value of assets, whether or not we have asset bubbles, uh, the health of the middle class, the rate of inflation. It, 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 is, it is the most important, crucial linchpin for an economy. And that was falsified to the point where you got paid to borrow $17 trillion. That was the nucleus of this bubble was the bond bubble. That bond bubble engendered borrowing on a record scale. So we have, as you pointed out, we have $33 trillion in, in the national debt right now. $33 trillion, record amount of debt. It's even a record as a percentage of GDP. Uh, $700 billion a year is what it costs. Over that is what the annual interest rate expenses. $700 billion used to, on its own, was a, was a remarkable eye-popping deficit. That's just the interest now that we pay. Our deficits are now $2 trillion a year. And that interest payment is 17% of all revenue. And that's going to jump to 35% in the next couple of years as our debt is rolled over at much higher interest rates. You know, we're no longer paying in you know, 10 year, two years ago, the 10 year was yielding 50 basis points. Now it's 4.8%. That money's, you know, that debt is rolling over and the money that it costs to service that debt is skyrocketing. We're going to have 35% of all of our income going to pay just the interest. This, you know, and then you have, the fact that entitlement programs and interest payments will equal 100% of all revenue by 2040. And it's going to be much sooner if we have a recession. And I'll just say not if, when we have a recession, because the economy is weakening quickly now. This is the, this is the fourth quarter now of 2023. The economy is set to weaken swiftly as you see interest expenses Rolling over now, we're lapping much higher interest rates. It usually takes about a 12 to 18 months before these interest rate hikes take effect. We are now there. Don't forget, rates rates in March of 2022, interest rates were zero. So we're now getting to the point where we're getting much higher interest rates, much higher payments on debt service. 
those that trillion dollars in credit card debt, much higher rates, auto loans through the roof. You know, we even have a housing market now that's completely frozen. If you look at mortgage demand, it's down to the same level it was in 1996, the demand for mortgages. This is a a depression in housing activity, and prices are soon to follow. Well, if you're just tuning in, I'm chatting today with Mr. Michael Pento. He's the founder and president of Pento Portfolio Strategies. He is the host of the popular podcast, The Midweek Reality Check. You can learn more about his work and the podcast at pentoport.com. And Michael, I want to go back because you you mentioned uh, you know the cost of just servicing the U.S. government debt, and uh, it seems to me I recently read a stat that the U.S. government is going to have to refinance seven point six trillion dollars in debt in the next twelve months, and then throw a two trillion dollar deficit on top of that. I mean, we can round up and say that's ten trillion dollars that you know the government's got to figure out how to finance at these higher interest rates. Uh, is this going to all hit the fan here in the next twelve months? Yes, it is. And who's going to buy that debt? You know, um, let's just let's just talk about the dynamics behind the treasury market. I wrote a book in 2013 called The Coming Bond Market Collapse. It's here. We're, we are seeing it right now. I said that eventually these negative nominal uh, and real interest rates, at that time it wasn't nominal, but it was real interest rates that were negative, but we eventually got to negative nominal rates. I mean, they just told you, you know, you could put your money in Europe. Hey, you put your money in the bank, you're going to get less than your principal back. Negative nominal rates. That was the, that was the de, de facto practice from the ECB. So, um, uh, we are seeing the implosion of the bond market. And it is, it is of my opinion that we're going to see interest rates go much higher on the next iteration of this. So we're going to have a collapse of this phony economy, this debt saturated economy, which will, on the other side of this, cause Jerome Powell to lower interest rates with reluctance, with reticence, because inflation was the linchpin that changed everything. We finally got inflation above 2%. It went from 2 to 20, Dennis. Okay? That is that is incredible to me. That you would have a, a, an inflation target that used to be zero, then it became two. You couldn't get to two because the economy couldn't function under 1.8%, don't you know? You know, the, 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 the American consumer cannot function if inflation is not two. It has to be two, not 1.8. <laughs> then we got to two to 20. And that that means that the next time we have a recession, and it is coming, as you just clearly stated, and I'm trying to articulate that the cost of servicing all this debt is coming to bite us in 2024. That the Fed is going to be reluctant to go back to zero with alacrity and quickly. We'll be reluctant to go back into QE from QT. Because of that inflation, it's going to, it's going to fetter his ability to return to easy monetary policies. He'll have to do it because I believe the bond market and the repo market is suffering from massive illiquidity right now. And I just want to go through why I believe that, if you don't mind. Just, let me just enumerate. Please, please do. Please do. Okay. I'll, I'll quickly try to do that. So what we have today, this is why we see rates spiking and and and, stop, uh, and bonds trading like micro cap insolvent penny stocks. 
This is, this is the way the bond market is trading. You blink your eyes, yields are up 5%, then they're down 7%, then they're up 10%. I mean, the bond market is up 70 basis points in the last few weeks. That does not happen. It should not ever happen. But let's just go through the dynamics real quickly. So normally you would have a, a stable bond market, but now you see a massive amount of selling from those entities that were once big buyers. China is selling because they have to support their currency. Japan is selling its reserves, largest holder of treasury, selling its reserves, buying the yen, selling treasuries and buying yen, selling the dollar, buying the yen to support the currency. Japan is also relaxing yield curve control. In other words, the 10-year note in Japan used to be zero to 25 basis points. Now it's 80 basis points. That's more competition for treasuries on a rate of change basis. Then you have the Federal Reserve, which was a big buyer of bonds, holding these bonds on his balance sheet. The balance sheet went from $800 billion to $9 trillion. There's a trillion dollars less in that Fed balance sheet. They're selling $85 billion a month. So we're finally seeing price discovery in bonds. The free market is now asked to tell the government what they think of inflation and what they think about its solvency condition. And the vote is no, it's a negative. It's thumbs down. And that's sending rates rising. Though that's the real reason. It's not because growth is booming. It's not even because inflation is booming. Inflation is rising now instead of being in a state of disinflation. But that's not the, those are, those are background, uh, ancillary marginal factors. The real factor is what I'm, men- I'm mentioning right now. The bond market illiquidity is causing rates to surge. Then when you add in disinflation is turning to reflation, then you got a very nasty picture for the bond market. And we're, and while that's happening, we have, and I don't want to get, I am not a Republican. I'm a libertarian. While this is happening, Joe Biden is walking picket lines, trying to get people to uh, corporations, United Auto Workers Union, to have wages rise because of the inflation that he helped cause. At the same time, Mr. Biden is canceling student loan debt. Uh, who, who is that debt owed to, Dennis? It's owed to the government. It's owed to you and me. It is adding to the debt and deficit problem that we have. So we have dysfunctional government. We have chaos in the bond market. And we're, we're going to see chaos in the equity market because when you look at the, the equity market complex, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm rambling here, but I, so many things that I have to get out to your audience. If you, you look at the valuation of equities, something called risk premium, which is the inverse of the PE ratio, the earnings yield of stocks compared to treasuries, there is zero compensation for taking the added risk to owning equities at this time. Well, my guest today has been is is Mr. Michael Pento. He's the founder and president of Pento Portfolio Strategies. He's the host of the Midweek Reality Check podcast. You can learn more at pentoport.com. I'll continue my conversation with Mr. Michael Pento when RLA Radio returns. Stay with us. Welcome back to RLA Radio. I'm your host, Dennis Tubergen. I have the pleasure of chatting today once again with returning guest, Mr. Michael Pento. Michael is the founder and president of Pento Portfolio Strategies. He is the host of the popular podcast, The Midweek Reality Check. 
You can learn more about his work at pentoport.com. And, and Michael, before we jump in and get your forecast here for stocks and real estate in this segment, um, share a little bit with the listeners about, you know, the philosophy that you have in this environment when it comes to managing assets. Well, we're becoming much more defensive in the portfolio. We have been primarily defensive most of the year. Um, we haven't had any shorts in the portfolio as of yet. We do, we have been short, we've been short junk bonds, which is working out well for us. We, um, also, uh, have a anti beta ETF, which is not working out terribly terrific up until this point, but we, we expect that to change very soon. But we're, we're vastly underweight. This is the key. We're vastly underweight equities. This is the, this is the fallacy of the, of the buy and hold in 60 40 portfolio on Wall Street. You know, if you held long duration bonds two years ago, guess what, Dennis? You are down 50% in your portfolio. Five zero. I didn't misspeak. Five zero. You have lost half of your money. So if you're someone coming out of post COVID and you say, you know what? I, I'm, a, I'm a retiree. I want to lock out. I want to lock in these long rates. And they're, not, they're not offering much at all, but I, you know, I have to lock into some safety here. I have to buy treasuries. Maybe the price will go up and the yield will go down. I don't know. Maybe inflation will never show up or whatever, whatever your philosophy was at the time. You have lost half of your money. Now, when you add that into the last two years that the S&P 500 is down. Yes, I said down, didn't misspeak. S&P 500 is down 12% from two years ago, since the start of 2022. You see a massive reverse wealth effect here happening. So Pento Portfolio Strategies has been underweight equities. And we are about 65%, about two-thirds of the portfolio has been in short-term treasuries, T-bills. That's where the yields are higher. And they are not as affected by inflation, growth concerns, selling from foreign investors. So um, the Fed is almost done hiking rates. They maybe maybe have one more left before this whole thing dissolves into complete chaos. And uh, and that's that's how we're invested right now. After this interview is over, because my model is signaling to me that things are getting worse. Stochastically speaking, those high-frequency components are starting to really start to roll over. I may start to increase my shorts, and it might happen today in the portfolio. That's how we are handling the situation. I'm telling you, I'll reiterate what I just said. The 60-40 portfolio has gotten investors decimated in the last two years, and that is not going to get any better. It's going to get much worse. Because on the other side of this is going to be a protracted period after this recession comes manifest and stocks don't go down 12, they go down 30, 40, 50%. Then we're going to see, a, I believe, a protracted period of stagflation. And that has to be actively and accurately managed by an active portfolio manager. Michael, you know, you mentioned that you're uh, you're certainly bearish on equities. I, I read a, a statistic that uh, on average, over the long term, the ratio of corporate profits as a percentage of GDP is about five to six percent, and they're now at about twelve percent. Uh, would you attribute all these elevated profits to just all this easy money the Fed has just literally thrown out there out of helicopters over the past eight, ten years? Well, there's no there's no doubt that capital has been favored over labor in the past few years. But now labor's making a big comeback. But you're you you nailed it. I mean, what 
What is happening to corporate profits is the same thing happened to the middle class of America. You see this massive bifurcation between the haves and the have-nots. You've eviscerated the middle class and you've created a, you know, a oligarchy of ultra-rich people who invest in homes um, and equities and the past uh, 12, 14 years have gotten very wealthy. And those that are living paycheck to paycheck have been wiped out because most of their paycheck goes to inflation. And they don't have multiple homes. Many of these people rent. And uh, you know they're paying 35% of their income to uh, food and shelter. Um, they don't have a big portfolio either. So they're, they're, they're in deep trouble. And that's one of the reasons why you see crime and um, dysfunction in, the, uh, in, the, in this, these major U.S. cities in the United States. And I think that gets worse, unfortunately. We haven't even seen the recession yet, Dennis, but when it happens, uh, I, I'm afraid it's going to get very lucky. You know, very ugly. Interest rate chaos is here right now, and it's getting much worse. And it's it's true that businesses and consumers have termed out their debt, and but the, the belief is that everything is fine. But there's there's a few problems with that. I'll quickly go through them. If nobody wants to buy a house, let's just say nobody wants to buy a house because my mortgage is 3%. And if I sell, my mortgage is going to be 8%. So that may sound like, okay, well, great. No one's paying the higher rate. So it doesn't, I, I hear this from the perma bulls on Wall Street. It drives me crazy. Well, I don't have to pay that higher rate because I'm sitting in my house. Then Doesn't that also mean that the real estate market is frozen? And isn't there any value added to GDP when people transact on a house? I mean, don't people then go to Home Depot and fix up the bathroom and change the drapes, order new appliances, paint the house? That's a lot of economic activity. It's frozen. And the same concept is with the auto auto market. I mean, I, consumers, maybe they're taking out less loans, so they're not buying as many cars. That doesn't mean that the economy is not affected negatively. As I said, mortgage demand is down to, from, the, from where it was to 1996 levels. The economy is sunk in that, in that case. Now, financial entities hold this debt at ultra low interest rates. That meaning uh, corporate bonds, commercial mortgage-backed securities, mortgage-backed securities, treasuries. These entities are way underwater on this debt. Now, the Fed owns these bonds now, but come March, they're supposed to go back to these entities at, at pennies on the dollar, a fraction of what they're worth. So, um, what we've created, I believe, is a bunch of zombie lending institutions. That's hurting the economy as well. And there's also a maturity wall coming. There's $1.8 trillion of corporate debt that needs to be refinanced between 2024 and 2025. That debt is going to be refinanced at much higher interest rates. So again, it's recession delayed, not canceled. We're going to have a terrible time in 2024 and 2025, sometime in that time frame, you'll have a vicious recession, very deep, acute, cutting recession. Um, I think that will slowly bring Powell back to the ZERP QE stance. In other words, looser monetary policy. It'll be with reticence. He'll be dragged back into it. But when the repo market and the credit markets freeze, he'll have no choice. And then on the other end of that, you're going to see stagflation like we've never seen before. And all of the conditions of asset bubbles, 
evisceration of the middle class, bifurcation of the economy is going to get much worse. So, Michael, you you, you use the term stagflation a couple of times here. And for our average listener that has money in a 401k, has money in an IRA, they're not familiar with what stagflation looks like. Can you give them a definition of how that affects the average everyday person trying to just save money so they can retire someday? Well, it's the worst of all conditions, really, when you think about it. Um, it's inflation, which is rising, interest rates that are higher than normally they would be. So you have that negative part of the of the spectrum. And then on top of that, there is no growth. We are either in a recession or a period of no growth. So the economy isn't growing, but you have the added burden. I mean, at least, Dennis, at least during disinflation and recession, the healing process has begun. begun. Asset prices fall, bond yields drop, borrowing conditions, financial conditions ease. And even though it's a lot, it's very painful in the short term, it leads to that healing process because you have a restructuring of the debt, defaulting on the debt. That doesn't happen in stagflation. So it's something that could last a very long time. So, Michael, the time we have left, um, you mentioned you're looking for stocks to decline 30 to 50 percent. If if, uh, I made a correct note, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, What's your forecast for real estate? Well, the real estate market is in, is in terrible condition. Uh, right now, it's it's being hidden, hidden and masked by the fact that the inventory is so low. Well, why is the inventory so low, you ask? Well, it's because people don't want to sell their house. They just don't want to sell their house and move and get a, a, a fat mortgage. Um, but the problem that exists in real estate is mostly what I call a closet in, in inventory. These are the companies like Blackstone, who bought hundreds of thousands of units of single-family homes. Because, not because it made sense in a normal market, it made sense because the Fed took rates, borrowing costs down to 0%, and they made the calculation, well, hey, if mortgage-backed securities are being bought with reckless abandon by the Fed, and mortgage rates are plunging, um, and home prices are being pushed higher, let's get into the rental business. Now, what's going to happen is, if the recession becomes manifest, and I believe, again, that it will become manifest in 2024, early 2024 at the latest, first half of that of the next year at the latest, you're going to see the unemployment rate increase. And what happens when the unemployment rate increases? Then you're going to see, of course, rental income streams dry up because people don't pay their rent when they don't have any job. Then you're going to have the calculation from all of these investors, which many metrics show that in the last few years, 20 to 25% of all single family homes were bought by Wall Street and investors. And they're sitting, Dennis, they're sitting on a massive gain, 43% increase in, you know, imputed gains, implied gains over the last two years. So if you own all of these homes on your balance sheet, or if you're an investor, individual investor, and you own five homes, you can only live in one at a time. Four of them are up 43% or thereabouts, and they start to roll over, and you're no longer getting that rental income. What would you do? You may put them on the market for sale. And if that happens, it it, it sort of has a compounding effect where people say, oh, my gosh, look, we, get ready to get, we better cash out now or we never will. 
that could flood the market with new homes. And that will cause prices to drop. They have to drop. Dennis, home prices, nominally speaking, are in you know the stratosphere, the thermosphere. Uh, prices are astronomically high. But they're even much higher they, than they were in 2006, the prior peak, in relation to incomes. So we have the highest home price to income ratio on record. And home prices are the most unaffordable on record because interest rates are spiking. Again, if you have a 43% gain in your investment property, would you or would you not consider putting those homes on the market? That's what I'm afraid of. That's what I believe is going to happen once the labor market begins to crack and that will cause home prices to drop. I don't know if they drop as much as 30%, but they could very well drop 20 to 25%. And I don't think that would surprise me at all. Well, my guest today has been Mr. Michael Pento. He is the founder and president of Pento Portfolio Strategies, the host of the podcast, the Midwest, uh, the Midweek Reality Check, excuse me. <laughs> Website is pentoport.com. I'd encourage you to check it out, Michael. Always a pleasure to catch up with you. Love to have you back down the road. I know the listeners really appreciate your perspective, as do I. Thank you. Thank you again, Dennis. We will return after these words. And welcome back into the final segment of the Retirement Lifestyles Advocates Radio Show. We're so grateful to have uh, you along. Uh, if uh, you got to hear some some good insight from uh, Michael Pento here, uh, you know, a frequenter on, on Bloomberg, Bloomberg and CNBC. Uh, he, you know, he's a money manager. And Dennis, we got to hear a lot about that. And, you know, some of the different uh, impacts, too, of the everything bubble, you know, the bond market and also real estate. And, you know, to, to sort of put a bow on this this program here this week, it seems like the general consensus was and especially with, with Michael is that, you know, anticipation here of real estate falling now you're talking about the values now, right? The values falling about 20% from where they stand about now. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would not be surprised to see real estate values fall more than that. That would just be my opinion. Um, and I'll, I'll talk about uh, some data that was released by uh, Wolf Richter this past week uh, in just a moment here. Before I do, though, just in case someone has not yet heard about the October 2023 special report that is now available the October report is titled, It's the Debt Stupid, How Unsustainable Debt Levels May Affect Your Retirement Dreams and Strategies to Consider Now. When you request that report by going to requestyourreport.com, we'll also send you a copy of the October client-only and subscriber newsletter that you may not know report. And we're talking about some of the data in that uh, newsletter uh, during this week's program. So again, that's at requestyourreport.com. And Jeremy, real quick, if somebody would like to also get a precious metals buyer's guide, they can go to plpmetals.com. That's P as in Papa, L as in Lima, P as in Papa, plpmetals.com. Just let us know where to mail that buyer's guide, and we'll be glad to do that. So now, as far as real estate is concerned, Jeremy, you know, we talked about transactions being down year over year, 17 out of 19 months. August, uh, the sales were down over 15%. We're also now seeing prices just start to decline, as I had suggested that they probably would. The median price of new single-family homes sold in August dipped by 1.4% from July and by 2.3% year over year. So those are not big 
impactful numbers. You know, 1.4% decline from one month to the next doesn't seem like much. But if you annualize that, that's about almost 18%. So, so that really does add up. Um, and if you take a look at the peak a year ago in October, uh, that was 430000 It's now at 407000 So we're starting to see prices now decline following transactions. And I expect that uh, mortgage rates um, as well as uh, uh you know the 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 inventory is now increasing a little bit. I expect that that trend is likely going to continue. So, uh, Michael Pento expects the real estate's in a bubble. Uh, I don't know of anybody that is super bullish on real estate at this point. What we're really debating is how far we think it drops. And you know, just from a relative standpoint of things, too, Dennis, is when you say, "Hey, initially one point five percent or one point six percent," doesn't sound like that big, but two different things to compare to one. If let's say your financial advisor goes from a 2% management fee to a 3.5% management fee, whoa, what does that look like? And then you got to look at the interest rate too. If you're buying a new home or what have you, the interest rate goes from 6 to 7.5%, what the impacts are, because that percentage, well, you know, hey, 1%, 2%, it's like getting an A or an A minus in school. It's a, it's a big difference when you talk about money compounded over time and how that really can impact things. Well, Jeremy, that, that's a great point because let's go back to the example I gave in the first segment. If you were, if you had a $326,000 mortgage, which would be 20% down on the median price of a new home in August, at its low point, the mortgage payment locked in for 30 years was $1,312 a month. Today, at seven and a quarter interest, seven and a quarter percent interest, the payment is $910 higher. It's $2,222 a month. And, and Dennis, you're not getting anything more for that. Same house, same mortgage. 900 some balance. dollars more than that. I mean, that's what's crazy. more in interest. Yeah. So when you think about that, that's going to take a lot of buyers out of the market. Now, annualize that, it's $10,930 a year. Let's just say $11,000 a year. And if you take that on a 30-year mortgage, Jeremy, I mean, our listeners can do the math. Uh, $11,000 over 30 years is $330,000 more that you're paying for the same house. $330,000 is more than the original mortgage amount. And that's just the additional amount you're paying because exactly. of the rate. Exactly. The additional amount. It's not like you're getting, you know, uh, uh, 75% more of a house if the median price is in the 450s. I mean, so that's that's insane. Yeah. And Jeremy, if I could, in the time we have left here, because we're running short, um, I believe that at some point the Fed is going to reverse course. They're going to go back to easy money policies. They're going to drop interest rates. The question is whether or not they can create another real estate bubble, another stock bubble. And I firmly believe that we are in a bubble. Uh, so I believe that that will likely lead to more inflation, and the inflation that we've already experienced is already baked into the economy. I mean, prices have not declined. They've just quit rising as quickly. So we're headed for an environment, I believe, that we're going to see asset prices fall. We're going to see consumer prices rise. And I would encourage everyone just to get more information. Uh, the monthly uh, special report is available by going to requestyourreport.com talks about debt levels, and it talks about strategies to consider now. So again, that's requestyourreport.com. That's all the time we have for this week, but we'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening.